0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to the Lockdown Red Sox podcast. We thank you once again for joining us and spending yet another day with myself and Jason. I'm Lauren Campbell. I cover Boston sports for Nessun, cover all things Boston sports, been doing this now for about three years with Nessun, six years total. And my co-host, Boston Herald Red Sox columnist, Jason Mastronato, has been at this a lot longer than me.
0: Uh, you know, 10 years, 11 years now. Um, it's always great to chat with you, though, and... I'm excited for this conversation today. This is going to be a good one.
1: Yeah, likewise. We have a lot to get to today. Jaron Duran and Tanner Houck were called up. The long way to call-ups. And the first Red Sox-Yankees game of this series has been postponed. But before we get into any of that, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our locked-on rooms. So jumping right into it, the big news of the week is the long-awaited call-ups of Jaron Duran and Tanner Houck, something you've been calling for pretty much since you and I relaunched this podcast.
0: Yeah, I have. I I think they could have been helping this team all year. I know the way it works with service time. A lot of times Major League Baseball teams wait uh, to call up their best prospects until sometime in May or June when um, 20% of prospects have already been called up, and they won't have to pay their players a little bit more money for an extra year. Um, It continues to amaze me that teams like the Red Sox would even care. They have so much money um, about doing this. You'd think they'd be doing anything to win now. Uh, But I actually spoke to Haim Bloom today about 10 minutes ago um, on the phone about why this was the right time to do it. And, you know, I kind of said the same thing I've been saying on the show, which is Hunter Renfro has not been hitting against right-handed pitching. Kike Hernandez... His entire career and this year, much better against lefties, doesn't do a whole lot of damage against right handed pitching. So, why is now the time? And, or why wasn't it done earlier? And the answer Haim gave me was essentially he didn't care what was happening in the Major League Club, that it didn't matter that Kike and Renfro were not hitting right-handers it didn't matter that the red sox were in first place and kind of got away with it anyways it didn't matter that the two weeks before the all-star break the red sox offense really slowed down and alex Cora even said he, they needed the all-star break because the offense just looked kind of groggy at the plate and none of that seemed to matter um Haim said that the reason why they're doing it now is entirely because of jaron duran's development And I totally get it. It makes a lot of sense. They just want to prioritize when they think it's time for Jaron Duran to come up. Um, The one issue I guess I would understand Red Sox fans having, and the question I would continue to have is, uh, why is the future more important than the present? And why are we so worried about um, exactly the right time for Jaron Duran when the Red Sox could have used him right now? And I think that's the question we have to ask.
1: I think, too, you know, they're really the right time there really was no right time when the offense was struggling. Like if Jaren Duran could have provided you offense earlier, it probably should have been done earlier. But there's been positive updates about his development on his defense, which is obviously great news. And he's obviously very excited. And Cora said Thursday during his pregame press conference that it sounds like Jaren Duran is here to stay. Like they don't have any expectations for him to go back down to Worcester.
0: Right. and. I guess if you wait this long, that's the hope. But no matter when you call him up, and Haim even said the same thing, you don't know how he's going to perform. Whether you call him up in May or June or now, he could he could struggle. You know, I, I don't know that there's a way to predict it other than you know listen to your scouts, look at the stats. Um, one big thing that Haim noted was his strikeout rate has slightly dropped. Um, you know, I don't know if that's. The reason why I said, okay, so that's why you were waiting for a strikeout rate to drop. He said, no, it's not just that. There's some other things. Um, you know, it was what people were saying around them, around the team. My guess with no information, just my guess would be uh, the reason they've been waiting is because Alex Corr really understands a clubhouse and how a clubhouse works and they've been winning. And I know Hyam says it's more about Duran's development. But when you're winning and you've got one of the best managers in baseball and he has a really good understanding of how to manage a locker room, it's tough to bring in a top prospect and say, hey, guys, I know we're winning, but someone's losing a job. Someone's losing some playing time.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's great, too, that, you know, Duran doesn't have a whole lot of pressure on him. He's not up here because they're desperate. They're, they're, he's not up here for them, for him to save the Red Sox season. There may be a little bit more pressure on Tanner Houck because they desperately need some help in pitching, and it sounds like he's going to be a reliever through the Red Sox-Yankees series, and then start next week, which is something we we've talked about with Chris Sale, where it's like, do we want the the back and forth between bullpen and starter?
0: Exactly. This is my this is my concern with Tanner Houck is that the. Way that Alex Cora described it is he's going to be in the bullpen this series against the Yankees. He's going to start next series against Toronto. He's going to go back to the bullpen next weekend against the Yankees and then go back into the starting rotation probably against Toronto after that. So you've got really your best and only pitching prospect at this point uh, after their other two are out for the year with Tommy John. And you're messing with him again. You know, this is a guy who was already injured earlier this season, and he's healthy now. And, okay, get stretched out. Nope, now you're going to throw short innings. Okay, now go get stretched out. Okay, now go back to throw short innings. Okay, get stretched out. Okay, we've seen this so many times with guys where it doesn't work out or you kind of mess with his development, and it's surprising to me. You know, I, I'm sure they have a plan. I'm sure they have the reasons. Course, course, Tanner Houck's so good against right-handed hitters that they're looking for spots where he could face lineups that are predominantly right-handed. And it sounds like, Lauren, it sounds like your prediction of getting Martin Perez into the bullpen might be happening. Because he said, nothing against the other guys, but Martin at home against the right-handed lineup. Hopefully they try to shoot it to right field and make outs, and he starts talking about how So he didn't say exactly, but mentioning Martin at home against the right-handed lineup... Sounds like he doesn't want Martin to pitch at home against the right-handed lineup. So maybe it takes his starts, because Garrett Richards is staying in the rotation.
1: Which was surprising to me, because Garrett Richards wasn't even named prior to the All-Star break. So I think we all knew it was probably going to be Richards or Martin Perez. I think that that was obvious, but I thought the more obvious choice was Garrett Richards. But it makes sense with Martin being at home and the Red Sox just really needing something different giving need that little spark and tanner Houck probably can provide that
0: i think so i mean you know the way i feel about him he, and i asked him today because it's just not often you get a guy who dominates in the, in the majors and gets set down and march 17th tanner Houck has not the best spring training if i remember correctly march 17th he gets optioned he comes up he looks pretty good april 7th they option him again he comes up again, looks good again. April 19th, they option him again. It's like, I don't know why. They must be way lower on Tanner Houck than everybody else. Like The Red Sox just don't believe in this guy, apparently. Um, and everybody, you know, it seems like so many other people do. And for whatever reason, they just don't seem to prioritize him. And they've been okay with just sending him back and forth, and now they're going to rope him around again.
1: And hopefully that he can find a steady place with this team, whether it's bullpen or starter. It should be starter. But hopefully he can find that consistency and not be up and down like Michael Chavis and others have been this season. And another thing that Cora said, that corresponding moves will be happening later on. I don't know if they'll still get announced th- today because of the postponement. But it's interesting because, and, he, you know, he he usually, like, when he's confident in himself, he, he's like, this is what's happening. He didn't really say. So I don't know if that's more of a... Just We don't know what we're doing yet. We need to put somebody on the I.L., which Marvin Gonzalez will probably go on the I.L., or if it's just a matter of we, we need to figure out what we're doing, Matt, Matt Andrees, you know, all that stuff. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, Andrees is already on the I.L., so I, unless they're going to move him to the 60 to make room, I think they can... Which would be fine. Yeah, I think they could actually move... Uh, Brian Mata, I believe, is uh, can be moved to the 60 to make room on the roster because he's out for the year. I, I'm sure they know what they're doing. It's just... They don't have to make the official announcement until just before the game and there's no reason to start a player's clock yet so um, i'm guessing marwin to the il uh austin bryce will get sent back to worcester
1: yeah those are the two probably most obvious and the ones that really make sense there's no other reason to send down anybody else or do a phantom il stint for anybody else but coming up we have a positive chris sale update probably the best one we've had Since he's been on the, since he went underwent Tommy John, and also we'll talk about the postponement of the Red Sox-Yankees. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's literally something for everyone. And if you don't know about all these Bilt Bar flavors, you're certainly missing out. There's coconut, there's mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream. It's the perfect for a post-workout snack. Not only are Bilt Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180. They're only 45 grams of sugar and only Four to five grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy order today and get grasshopper cookie which tastes just like the thin mint girl scout cookies or raspberry cookies and cream or whatever you like built bar is the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team pretty neat go to built.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your order promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com welcome back so thursday chris sale uh, started his rehab assignment And he threw three innings, 39 pitches, reached the high 90s, had a three-pitch strikeout. He looked really, really good. Alex Cora said that he felt good. Obviously, as we all know, it's the day after that is the most important, so we won't know anything about how he feels until Friday pregame. But really good news all around. I don't know if you saw any of the highlights of Sale from Thursday, but he looked incredible.
0: What impressed you?
1: I think just he looked like old Chris Sale. I think it was just his his poise, his just confidence on the mound. He looked like he did not miss a beat.
0: Yeah, that's great. You know, I think it, it, the fact that he hit ninety seven is good. Again, you know, I'm going to reiterate my point about let's not get too worked up about the velocity. Uh, we know that he can work with the variety of velocities, and um, the important thing is that he's healthy and feels good the next day and is able to get up and down and can throw all of his pitches he can pitch with any velocity we've seen that so the fact that he went three innings the fact that um he passed the eye test for you and i'm i'm sure other people i think core said he was also impressed uh that's really encouraging the fact that his next start's going to be in double a you know now you're getting real competition there's a lot of people who say double a is the the best league the best level because triple a you get mostly four a players and and a lot of prospects these days skip AAA or are not there for long. So AA is where the best competition is. And if he's ready for the best competition, maybe he comes back even sooner than we thought.
1: Which would be even better for this rotation and for just to add that to, to the rotation there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's hard to it's, – it's still shocking a little bit that Garrett Richards is going to stay in the rotation and pitch on Monday against the Blue Jays. Um, you know, I know they liked his last start. They thought he showed some good things. Uh, But it it certainly seems like just a a matter of time before Richards gets moved to the bullpen. Certainly when Sale comes back, it's hard to imagine Richards staying in the rotation.
1: Yeah, he certainly seems like the next odd man out after Perez gets sent to what we're assuming is the bullpen. And I think, too, what's great that Sale went three innings where he didn't go, you know, one and two thirds. He didn't go two. He went three full innings and uh, they want him to go five. So he's not too, too far off.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if you map it out, three innings, maybe next time he goes four, next time he goes five, maybe he's ready to go in two weeks, and we see him pretty soon. He would
1: make me look absolutely silly, because I think I said six, seven weeks that he'd be back, and he's like, oh, (laughs) he clearly listened to the podcast and was like, I'm going to prove Lauren wrong. But unfortunately for Thursday, fans, you know, they were excited to get baseball back. That was my positive note to end Thursday's show. And then the game went and got postponed due to, there were three positive COVID tests within the Yankees organization. And Brian Cashman recently just said that they're waiting on three more. So some COVID troubles. This is the Yankees' second outbreak, I believe, this season. And it's just, it, it stinks because we wanted baseball back. Red Sox-Yankees is always a good time. And for now, the rest of the series still is on. But that, that could change. Hopefully, these are false positives. Hopefully the inconclusive tests come back negative, and hopefully the Red Sox don't get impacted. That's the most important thing, that ev- well, that everyone stays healthy, of course, but that this doesn't spread further than the Yankees.
0: Yeah, and, and it's a good thing they got them off the field before they had a chance to interact. As we know, Red Sox are one of the few teams who still are not at 85% vaccination rate, and at this rate, it seems like, you know, what's going to change? You know, the guys have made their decisions, and so um, hopefully they don't get affected. Hopefully there are no pregame hugs that that we uh, we didn't see or, or, or locker room hangouts or, you know, in the, the dark halls of Yankee stadium, they weren't interacting with each other. And, and this is just a Yankee issue because now it's a player issue. Brian Cashman says it's not just staff. This time they actually have players uh, that are infected and, and that's, that's the concern. And people ask like, how, how is this happening? If they're vaccinated, um, the Yankees, I believe have reached the 85% threshold. Uh, they had an outbreak earlier this year, and epidemiologists were saying it's likely because a lot of their players had the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which, as we know, is only like 66 percent effective. And um, there's some more some more holes in in the armor, I guess, for the vaccine or for the virus to sneak through. So we'll have to find out what happened here. If it was again a, a case of Johnson and Johnson, or uh, the uh, un, unvaccinated players were were positive. Yeah,
1: and this just came through on my phone that Cashman also said that. Most, but not all of those six players have been vaccinated. So, again, like you said, that who knows if it's Johnson & Johnson thing again. Um, Who knows if, you know, the vaccine isn't 100% effective, even if you got Pfizer or Moderna. We know this. But it's still, you know, 99%. I'm going to take my chances. But, you know, this could, hopefully, like, this just stays within the Yankees clubhouse. Hopefully it doesn't spread to anyone else, uh, Yankees or other teams in general. So, I mean, it stinks. I'm sure Kike Hernandez is happy. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to play Thursday night. He gets that extra day now. But it's uh, it, it just stinks all around just because we were talking earlier this week how the MLB has been able to have such a successful season without kind of any issues with COVID. And now here we are. You
0: know, we get, Now we get to talk more about Jaron Duran. <laughs> that
1: is true. We, have, we could talk about Jaron Duran for three three more days. I think we could do that.
0: I think so. I, I mean, there's so many questions with it. It makes it interesting, like, where is he going to play? How often? Who else is going to play? How does he impact this team? Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'm fascinated to see what happens here. I am,
1: too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. I think it's going to be fun to see his development in the big leagues. We've heard so much and we've seen so much, too, of him just absolutely hitting home runs at Polar Park, just contributing to the Woo Sox in a way that we hope he can contribute to the Red Sox hopefully that carries over and hopefully this isn't a Franchi Cordero situation I don't think that at all but hopefully it is not
0: yeah well you know the thing about Jaren and, and that I, you know uh, one of the questions I asked him too is he's had success everywhere lately he was I believe he was the MVP of the Caribbean series in the winter he had a very impressive spring training he was dominating in Worcester he went to Team USA and Todd Frazier compares him to Mike Trout Mike Socia says he's He's you know, phenomenal defender in center field, goes back to Worcester, keeps hitting home runs. He still steals bases. You know, It seems like he's dominant at every level. So how do you stay focused and confident at that point? And, and is it hard to start questioning, like, what do I have to do to get called up to the major leagues? I mean, I've done everything right, and I just can't get this call up.
1: I think my favorite part, too, when he learned he was called up, he said that they originally told him, oh, a spot opened up for you on... The Olympic roster. And he responded, he was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and maybe it's just how he was talking in his press conference, but he just seemed like he was like, oh, I didn't want to be in here for this. And it's like, oh, or you have a spot in the big leagues. And his. I feel like his tune completely changed, which just shows, shows his excitement to be here. And like you said, he's done literally everything. It was just a matter of the waiting game. And he's been patient. Red Sox fans have been patient. You've been patient, Jason. I know that. No,
0: I have not been patient. <laughs> you've,
1: you've acted like you've been patient. But I know that you were getting antsy for the Red Sox to call him up. They finally did. And now we have to wait another day to see him. But it's, it's going to be worth the wait. And it, it also con- you know, resulted in a little bit of a roster mix up here with Kike going to second, Christian Arroyo going to first. So this is going to be a really interesting week and series for the Red Sox.
0: Yeah. You know, this is how it was made. This is how it was supposed to line up when they signed Kike Hernandez. This is how I envisioned it was okay. Tremendous second baseman. They have really struggled at second base over the years. They haven't been able to find someone who can play that position. Well, and it's shown, you know, Eduardo Nunez was really bad at second base when he was getting a lot of the starts uh, for this team. You know, they just haven't been able to find someone who could play a tremendous second base and actually impact the baseball on offense. And Kiki's been fine in center field. He's made some decent plays. I don't think he's yeah, – and it, it's hard for me. I don't think he's the best center fielder. I think he, because he, he's an all-out type of player, sometimes those guys m- make it look like they're making better plays than they are. He certainly had a better throwing arm, I think, than Jackie Bradley because it was more accurate. Uh, but I always envision it being Jaron Duran in center field, Kiki Hernandez at second. Now this team's a much better defensive team. The fact that Bobby Dahlbeck hasn't played very well uh, certainly makes things interesting because now you have two guys in Arroyo and Dahlbeck who both are right-handed hitters who both hit better against left-handers, and there's still that hole there at first base. And uh, who's going to take that? Is, is this still a spot that they have to address at the trade deadline? Um, is it one of those? Well, they're just, they'll just deal with whatever they get at first base as long as Jaron Duran's good enough. Uh, I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch is what happens at first base now.
1: Right, because now all of a sudden that's a big question mark and with the trade deadline looming, you have to think that are they testing this out to see if this is somebody they need to go get? Do they need to go get somebody of a big name that we've discussed on this show?
0: Right, and, and I think over the next week or two, we'll see how it plays out. If, if Jaren Duran's hitting really well... Maybe they don't care. Maybe this team's good enough to get by with a mediocre first baseman. Or, you know, maybe they think, hey, between Arroyo and and Dahlbeck, and maybe when, if Marwin comes back, sounds like he's going to be out for a little while. Um, maybe they call up someone from the minors. Maybe they can just make it work well enough at first base where it's not a huge issue. And, and I think the way that Christian Arroyo's played, you got to give him a shot at first base. You got to give him a shot. He's had some great moments. He's had some key home runs. Former first-round pick. Seems to handle himself well defensively. I think he's going to get a chance to play. I'm
1: going to put you on the spot here for Friday's game. What do you think Duran's going to do? Like, Do you think he's going to go two for three? Do you think he's going to go one for four?
0: I think he's going to hit a home run because he's just got that attitude where nothing seems to phase him. He's been dominant at every level over the last year, and Yankee Stadium's a great place for left-handed hit- hitters. And I think he might he might go like one for four with two strikeouts, but I think he's going to hit a home run.
1: Coming up in our final segment, we have a lot more Jaron Duran talks. This is pretty much just the Jaron Duran show today, so stick around. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use the promo code LOCKEDON so you can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Welcome back. So with... Thursday's game postponed. We still have we had to wait another day to see Jaron Duran. So what we're gonna do for Friday's show is talk about what we think Duran is gonna do. So, Jason, you've been waiting so long for this moment. What is Jaron Duran gonna do for this series and the rest of the season?
0: I think he's gonna have a good series. I, I just I I like the way he handles himself. He said, you know, he said that it still didn't feel like anything had happened. He seemed really calm. He said people kept coming up to him and saying, like, what's wrong with you? How come you're not, like, excited? He's like, it hasn't really hit me yet. And I just wonder if he's the type of guy that not much hits him. You know, he seems very stoic, uh, a guy that just goes out there and does his thing. I mean, he's a seventh-round draft pick. You kind of have to be. You kind of have to just have your head down and be focused, and, and that's the way he is. So I, I don't think he's going to struggle. I think he's been successful at every level. And, yeah, he might. there might be some swing and miss issues at the beginning of the season, but the thing that Haim Bloom said to me uh, that I thought was interesting was he wanted to see Jaron Duran face the same pitchers twice throughout the season. He wanted to see how he reacted the second time when teams started to adjust to him. And it's different in the minors. The players keep changing. There's there's a lot less scouting. Going into it, but uh, the fact that he was able to have success that second time seems like it certainly impacted the Red Sox decision to call him up. And so I'm predicting a good season. I'm looking at Jacoby Ellsbury's first year in 2007 when he got called up. Ellsbury came up and hit 353 with 11 extra base hits and 33 games down the stretch that year. Uh, I don't think Duran's going to do that, but I think he's going to be really good. I, I think, you know, I think there's a good chance he hits 280 because he's so fast, yeah, he might strike out a lot, but I think he could hit 280 cuz he's going to leg out a lot of singles. His OPS is probably going to be over 800 because he could turn singles into doubles. He's got some power. And we still got what? Let's see. Half of July, August, and September. There's enough time. I think he could hit I think he could hit 10 home runs. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with 280, 10 homers, 10 steals, and an OPS over 800.
1: So I like that because I was thinking in my head, I was like he certainly could hit double-digit home runs. And I was going to go with 12, so we are pretty much in the okay. same ballpark there. I think he's going to hit 294, very precise there. Wow. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going bold. I think he's going to be you know, hitting for, for power. He's going to be hitting. He, I think he's just going to hit the cover off the ball. I have a lot of confidence in him just from what we've seen in, with, with Worcester and you know, throughout his development. So I'm going to go 12 home runs, 294. Uh, Would you say 11 steals? I got 10. ten. All right, I'm going to go 11. <laughs> I'll okay. go with 11. <laughs>
0: the price is right. Yes.
1: <laughs> and overall, I just think he's going to be a mainstay here. I think that he's going to earn his spot. And like we said earlier, Cora said his ex- expectation is for Duran to stay for the rest of the season. And I think that we're going to have this new exciting prospect, a new outfielder for years to come. People have been calling for him and he's finally here.
0: Yep, and he's going to give them energy. You know, that that was a big thing. And, and Corus says, well, we don't need the energy, but yes, he's going to provide the energy. Uh, they do. They do need the energy. And especially, you know, this is a team that is so heart-of-the-order driven. What happens on those days when the heart-of-the-order is not producing? Speed kills. And I remember Joe Madden after the Red Sox won the World Series in 2013, spring training 2014, I was sitting in on a Joe Madden interview in, I forget where, somewhere in Florida. And we were talking to him about the Red Sox success in 2013 and and what he was expecting in 2014. And he says, don't underrate the fact that uh, Shane Victorino's uh, I think Victorino was still there, but injured and Jacoby Ellsbury had left to New York. And he said, for me, the biggest difference on that 2013 Red Sox team was the speed at the top of the order just made things hectic. And now the Red Sox have some speed. They haven't had a ton of speed this year. They've had various guys, steal bases, But now they've got some real speed, and I wouldn't be surprised if Duran is leading off by the end of the year and just carrying this team a little bit on nights that the heart of the order can't. At least you have some speed.
1: And the funny thing about energy is even if you don't really need it, you can always use more. There's there's nothing wrong with bringing a positive, energetic, more energy into a clubhouse. So even if the Red Sox didn't necessarily need it, they're certainly going to benefit from it. So that'll do it for today's show. Thank you so much once again for joining us. You can find me on Twitter at la 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 Lauren, three laws, then Lauren with four R's. And please also to remember to follow the Locked on Red Sox Twitter account at LO underscore Red Sox.
0: And you can follow me at J Master Donato or read my work in the Boston Herald. And uh, let us know what you think.
1: Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Red Sox podcast so you won't miss an episode. And don't forget to check out Locked On today. They are a daily podcast. They are discussing Celtics, Patriots, everything you could possibly need with a lot of stuff going on right now. So please be sure to check them out. Have a great day and a great weekend. We will see you once again on Monday. Hey, Prime members.
0: You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.